the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. It's Dr. Zudi Jasser in the seat for the great Seth Leibson. It's an honor to be guest hosting for him as he's away today. And uh, uh, great to uh, have a little time with uh, his audience and listeners and spend some time getting you caught up on some of the issues that uh, I follow and some of the hats that I wear. So uh, happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're getting ready for a great weekend. It's great to live in Arizona, a state that's open. We're going to be talking to... uh, a good friend of mine later in a few hours uh, about what's happening in India. India is uh, under a a catastrophic uh, uh, exposure to COVID right now in a crisis, and uh, we'll talk about that last in the last hour. And uh, a lot to update you on from the jihad, from national security area, and a number of areas, but I hope you're doing well. My name is Zudi Jasser. I'm a physician in private practice here in internal medicine, primary care in Phoenix. I also am president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy. We uh, try to uh, counter the ideas that radicalize youth nationally and globally against radical Islam, and we also focus on Muslim reform. And also, what's great about America, and today I think it's been uh, quite uh, interesting with the Biden administration how uh, it seems to be not about what's great about America, but rather how America's racist, how America has apologies to give, and a constant, constant refrain about what we do wrong rather than what we do right. Not that we're perfect. We have a lot of work to do. But gosh, my family taught me that this country was the greatest country on the planet. And uh, uh, sometimes if we teach our kids otherwise, uh, they will never appreciate really the beauty that is. United States of America. And what I thought I'd do the first hour is, uh, as you know, I've exposed you on this program a few times to a number of the reformers that we've worked with, the Muslim Reform Movement. And uh, I am delighted to have Esra Nomani join us. Esra? How are you? Great. Great. Thanks for being here. And um, it is great to have you, and, and you always amaze me by the number of uh, things that you're able to do in, in your work on activism. And I can tell you that a lot of the parents around the war, around this country are frightened, are frightened about what's being taught in the schools. And Ezra is a former Wall Street Journal reporter. She's vice president of strategy investigations at the newly developed Parents Defending Education. I think it's a new organization. You can tell me if I'm wrong on that. Empowering Parent Advocates and Investigating Indoctrination in K-12 through Schools across Virginia and across the country. She writes a regular newsletter at Ezra Investigates with breaking news and analysis on the front lines of culture and politics. And I'm, I'm sure to uh, bend her ear a little bit about the issue with political Islam and the Islamists and what's happening with the Biden administration. But let's start. You had an amazing piece in The Federalist about indoctrination. Number one U.S. high school pushes racist activism on students. And uh, our families, you, yours and mine, have, have talked quite a bit about uh, the STEM schools. And and uh, your your son goes to uh, Thomas Jefferson 
and uh, it's the number one school in the country, according to the rankings. And yet, your piece remarkably talks about how parents got zero prior notice to submit opt-out forms or review curriculum before students were told to watch videos claiming white culture includes individualism and objectivity. So why don't you tell us about how you stumbled into this issue, and uh, um, maybe we'll start talking about what critical race theory is and these these other elements that uh, you've been thrust yeah. upon. Yeah, and the and the worst part of that last bit that you uh, mentioned on, quote, white culture is that not only do they assign showing up on time for meetings or putting down right answers on math questions as white culture, but they assign it to now white supremacy and white, you know, extremism. And so, um, so you know, the thing is, for both you and me, the our, you know, our emergence as activists or uh, advocates within our Muslim community was accidental, right? We we were both doing our thing. Uh, you were in medicine, I was in journalism, and we just saw this dangerous ideology, right, that had emerged in our Muslim communities mm-hmm. that was now laying claim to our mosques, our madrasas in, you know, the school systems of Muslim countries, and in our own communities here in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. It was just it was just something that we opened our eyes, we saw it, and that's the same thing that's happened for me in the issue of indoctrination in our school systems. I was awake to the uh, issues that are exist with extremism because of the work that you and I do, challenging extremism within the Muslim community. And then last year after the George Floyd killing, I was just shocked because in June 2020, we got this email from the principal at my son's high school, this Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology, that is, you know, U.S. News just ranked at number one again uh, in high schools in the country just this past week. And we got this email that we as parents and students then had to check our, quote, privileges. And um, and I was just in shock because I knew our parents. I knew my life, you know. Um, my parents came to America in the 1960s with just dollars in their pocket. They left my brother and me back in India with my grandparents till they could save up enough money to br- buy the ticket on TWA mm-hmm. to bring us here, to reunite us. We um, lived in poverty by the... Uh, you know, numbers. For, we, I got the free and reduced meals in the um, lunch line. I knew no English when I walked off the plane. And yet, because of the greatness of this country, at the age of 23, I became a staff reporter at the Wall Street Journal, right? This premier newspaper in America. And, and that's the beauty of America, that I, this immigrant kid, for whom Nancy Drew is my best friend, um, became a you know reporter at the top ranks of journalism, and and I love this country as you do, and I realized that in June 2020, then when we got this email, I realized something really was was afoot um, because the principal also told us that uh, we needed to question the colonial mascot 
that's the name that's um, with our high school and we needed to rethink the admissions policies because there weren't enough black and Hispanic students and what were there that we have 70 percent Asian students so that our Asian families were the wrong side of brown for this principal's um, you know analysis and then it turned out the entire state of Virginia, the education secretary on down, decided that they were going to put a target on, on our school. And this Federalist column that I wrote is nine months later, they now bring Black Lives Matter curriculum into the, uh, into the classroom with this lecture that, you know, the students uh, have racism and that uh, the experience of Asian families doesn't compare to what black families have done. Like this, this whole hierarchy of, of um, oppression, right? Like whose oppression is worse than the others? And, and that's what's happened across the country. And that's why we started this group called Parents Defending Education to fight back. Um, so sorry for the long introduction, but, you know, it's a, it's a crazy narrative arc, right, of how do you go from just being a journalist to like, then we're fighting jihadis, right? Yeah. Zudi, you and me. <laughs> and now we're fighting these like, active, these woke activists in the classroom. It's just so nuts. But the common theme in all of this is love of America and a challenge to extremism. Like that's, those are the two common threads that I think is, 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 is connects like your and my journey and all of this. Yeah, and I think when you look at, you know, our other work in Islamism, the, um, you know, the terrorist element, the violent element uh, is a nihilistic approach. They try to just sort of destroy everything. And there are the nonviolent parts that uh, don't believe in the violence, but yet sort of promote this anti-Americanism. And yet in the wokeists, if you will, however you want to say that, um, and yeah, almost... you can call them. You can call them wokeist, wokeism, um, <laughs> whatever it is. It, it, it's its own extremism. So, so the part I'm trying to get my head around, and I think most Americans are still, is you look at the the Black Lives Matters demonstrations that exist uh, that have happened. Uh, it's not just marching down the streets. Many of them are actually destroying businesses, and it's uh, it involves a significant amount of violence. And uh, similarly. Uh, the the approach to the educational system, why is it, and I think we'll have to do this uh, on the other side of this break, but why is their approach to education? I mean, look at how much they've activated the group that you now have national attention because parents right. are so enraged. They had a video you talk about in your article, a 30-second film featured the image of the American flag with a sign in front of it that reads, The American Dream is Over. It is biased, yeah. problematic, shame-based yeah. video, as, as you said in your words, for anyone pursuing right. the American dream. So right. my question when we come back is it's almost like intellectual terrorism. Why are they trying to destroy right. something? What is their goal? Because if they really want to fight racism and supremacy, why not do it in a compassionate way? We'll talk about that when yeah. we come back on yeah, the Seth Leibson Show. Out. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser, and the chair, the doc, is in the house, filling in for Seth Leibson, who's away today. It is an honor always to be in for him and an honor to be with all of you, his audience. And uh, today we are talking about indoctrination in American schools. I know uh, uh, Seth had uh, Victor Davis Hanson on earlier this week. They talked about racism and 
And uh, I, I think this is a perfect way to follow up that conversation about where is America going. And we left the last segment. Uh, I posed a question to our guest, Ezra Nomania, former Wall Street Journal reporter. She's the vice president of strategy investigations at Parents Defending Education, an organization empowering parent advocates and investigating indoctrination in K-12 through schools. So thanks for being with us, Ezra. Oh, so, absolutely. And uh, so tell us, why why the scorched earth policy by these folks when they're approaching America? They're, they're alienating and actually infuriating and activating over half of America. Why, how does this work? Yeah, I mean, it's really part of this larger philosophy that has decided that they are going to literally, you know, bring America down. Um, it, this approach that that we are a nation of, quote, systemic racism. And so by targeting this, this notion, marketing this idea of systemic racism, they're basically trying to bring the whole system down, right? And, and, and in their um, approach is a uh, worldview that is rooted in Marxism, it's true, and um, and it comes out of the 1980s when critical race theory was a new ideology born out of Harvard Law School, you know, a place that's not known for any privilege, right? Anybody <laughs> at Harvard Law School doesn't have any, quote, privilege. But there were these professors um, and their students who came up with this concept, and um, and they were rooted in, uh, in Marxism. They ended up deciding that they were going to look at all of our American society through the racial lens and attack it in, in that way. Um, and, you know, you and I came into this battle as Muslims at a time when, after the 9-11 attacks, we ended up noticing, right, that they were racializing Muslims, that that if, if you decided, just like you and me, like if, if, they, if we were going to be critical of Islamic extremism, they called us racist, right? Yeah. They called us Islamophobe. So what happened is that the critical race theory architects came together with the Islamists, and they have now united in their um, in their campaign. Um, and, and just one example I'll give you is that back in the summer of 2020, when the uh, attack started on my son's high school and the admissions policy. All of a sudden, I discovered who the education secretary was of Virginia, and he's a name. He's a man by the name of Atif Carney. I looked up his political mm-hmm. contributions. Yeah, Zuzi, I looked up his political contributions, and they came out of the Islamist network that you and I have been fighting for years. They, I was just, it just, my head almost exploded because I was like, I cannot believe how close to home this is you know and then and, and then you saw the yeah. email then you saw the email that that he sent about a group that you were working yes. with and yes. as and we see this all the time right the story you're yes. going to say right now a lot of local people here in Arizona know for a fact yes. that islamists that don't like what i do in the muslim community issues on reform will often in <laughs> other areas of life uh, invoke their sort of slander libel yeah. about the work we do because they're so irritated with the truth that we bring to our faith community. So what did this guy, right. what did what did Mr. or Dr. Carney do, the appointee of <laughs> Ralph Northam, the the, yeah. the the governor of Virginia who's infamous in, in a number of things, uh, including blackface, I think. But anyway, what, yeah. did, what did he do 
Uh, oh, my gosh. What was the email? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just unbelievable. I mean, all of those, all of your fans who know you, their heads are about to explode because you guys know how they have gone after Dr. Josser. Like, they have attacked him, this Islamist network, as an Islamophobe, a racist. Well, here I am now, a PTA mom in Virginia, and I'm just, like, standing up for my son's school. I'm just saying, hey, whoa, wait a second. Like, what do you mean we're racist and we're mostly minority? And, um, like, what are you doing? And I'd like to get a copy of your meeting minutes, and I'd like to... And then my PTA decided that they were going to have me um, speak on their behalf at a listening session that the education secretary was going to run. And guess what? He called the PTA president, and he sent an email, and he said that I belong to a hate group, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. And what was the hate group, Zubi? <laughs> the Muslim Reform Movement, right? <laughs> yes, the Muslim Reform Movement. <laughs> So I, and Zudi and I have different politics. Like, you know, we agree on so much, but he's a Republican. I'm a liberal Democrat. I'm, a, I'm as liberal as they get, you guys, which is don't hate me for that. But, like, I'm a liberal Democrat, and yet this guy is, like, comparing me now to a white supremacist. You know, I'm as brown as brown can get, and, and he's saying that I'm in a hate group. And what he, and then what he does is he bans me from speaking at the listening session, and he and and when the PTA stands by me and says no, we want her as our representative, he bans the PTA. So, you guys just listen to that carefully. The Virginia Secretary of Education used his muscle to ban a parent from speaking because of my religious interpretation, which is liberal interpretation of Islam, I mean, you know, progressive, whatever you want to call it, but not the Islamist extreme expression, right? And that's what's happened in America. And then fast forward, he is now running the campaign to get rid of accelerated math in Virginia, to get rid of any kind of advanced honors classes. So this is the dumbing down of America. And and when it comes to like why your your you know genius question why it destroys America and so that's why everybody's got to pay attention. But at it's the end of the, unbelievable, the, right? Right. I mean, there is no better clinic, ladies and gentlemen. There is no better yeah. clinic to the red green axis. We talk about this globally all the time. From the Middle East, where you've got the 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 far left socialists working hand in hand with the Islamists, we always scratch our head. Why do these these folks that agree on very little work together. Well, they're, they're, you can find some commonalities. But here you have in Virginia the yeah. Islamist Secretary of Education who basically throttles, it prevents a parent from speaking yeah. behind the scenes without even – this is – you ended up finding out. How did you find out about yeah. this, by the way? I, I found out because our PTA president, who family fled communism in Romania. I mean – Unbelievable stories, right? Like, this is not a man of privilege in America either. His family, yeah, his family suffered. And he told me, he stood up for me, and it was because of his moral courage that I found out. But but no, the Secretary of Education didn't have the courage to tell me to my face, right? He just, like, did his, he did what they do, which is just smear you behind the scenes. But we, but we fought back, and now awesome. we're exposing them to everyone. <laughs> 
Awesome. So thank you for being here. When we come back I want, in the next half hour, what I want to do is all of us probably have exposure to some of this stuff at various schools that our kids might be at. What have you learned so far and what can be done instead of just sort of yelling at the wind and and uh, uh, talking about this? What can be done to prevent this indoctrination and then exchange it with actually truth about America and truth about things we need to repair? This is Zudi Jasser in the chair for Seth Leibson on The Seth Leibson Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Seth Leibson Show. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser. Pleased to be with you. Always great to be uh, in uh, with Seth or filling in for him when he's away. Uh, we're talking with Ezra Nomani, uh, former Wall Street Journal reporter, about the indoctrination in America's schools, about critical race theory, and what's really behind it. What are they trying to accomplish? And uh, I think I I could not agree more as what she said right before the last segment, at the end of the last segment, which was they want to destroy America. They want to level the field, not level the playing field, level the entire field and destroy who we are as a nation. And then the question is, what do they do with that afterwards? Uh, So uh, Ezra's VP of Strategy and Investigations at Parents Defending Education, an organization empowering parent advocates and investigating indoctrination in K-12 schools. So, Esra, you know, it, it's pretty overwhelming to most parents because you see this New York Times had their 1619 project basically trying to repaint what America is. Then you have the media arms uh, uh, spreading the propaganda, ignoring all the violence in the streets. Our, our pro sports now have been overtaken by political agendas. Uh, it's almost every front. Now uh, we see it uh, uh, virtue signaling in front of us uh, and everything uh, from Portland to Atlanta to Minneapolis. Uh, so how do you feel as as a parent that the organization that you have will have an impact, and what is the impact that can be had on localities? Yeah, you know, just like I told the story of what happened in Virginia, you know, it's the concept that the sunlight is the best disinfectant. If we expose what's happening in our schools, we will absolutely win in educating ourselves and each other, right? Like, that's winnable. And then what we can do is we can push back. And we have been able to have real success stories around the country, including at my son's school. Um, So what we did, you know, I told you guys the story of just stumbling into this activism. And then just a month ago, a, a group of parents, a small group of moms and myself, started this organization, Parents Defending Education, Everybody can go to our website, defendinged.org. And I, as a journalist, really believe in connecting the dots. So we created a map, and we call it Indoctrination. And we're documenting the incidents that parents and community members are reporting from around the country by school district or by school. And we're investigating. So, for example, this last week, we heard a report. We got a video of a teacher in Beaverton, Oregon, I'm, I'm sure not a big surprise to a lot of people, but right outside of Portland. But what she did was really troubling. She lectured other teachers and told them that if they didn't get on board with the, quote, anti-racism campaign that she was promoting and the other, quote, equity warriors were promoting, that's what they called themselves, they would lose their jobs. And so that's a pretty serious threat, right, to 
level. It's bullying. Yep. So we got the video. I contacted the school district, and the school district said absolutely not in terms of our official position. This is not our position. This teacher doesn't represent other um, the, the school district, and we were able to expose it. You know, they we put the video online because they made the video go private, right, on their YouTube channel. They want to um, challenge our publishing the video, but ultimately... I want everybody to remember, like, these are our taxpayer dollars in our public school systems being used to indoctrinate our kids, and that's why we have to fight back. And, and you know, Zudi, you and I know that in the religious schools that we've been fighting in our Muslim communities, when they bring in extremist ideology, it's sectarian, right? It's polarizing. It's divisive. And that's the same thread here. It's about pitting uh, kids into, quote, affinity groups, yeah. and that's basically segregation, you know, by by race, by gender, by sexual orientation. And, um, and so people can report these incidents to us, a very easy form we've got, and we'll investigate them. And hopefully what we hope is we'll challenge them in court. We will find cases that are, um, you know, clearly violations of law, and we will pursue it in the court of law. That's that's exactly what needs to be done. And I think yeah. each of these cases can have a huge impact on creating obstacles to them doing this in the future. I mean, in your yeah. piece, you talk about how uh, the uh, uh, solidarity video about for, from a first-generation Korean-American, KDU, she flashed the image of a Time magazine cover some of the smiling young students beside the headline, those Asian-American whiz kids, as she waxed on about learning to justify our existence through our work, our grades, and accomplishments. And yet, as you've said many times nationally in your interviews on this subject, is that your school includes many minorities, and yet they've said that Asians do not have the same right to complain about minority status because they're very different than African Americans, which is just an absurd appropriation of feelings. That's just bizarre. Yeah, they they want to use the word white adjacent for Asians now, and you know, and in, including people of Arab descent. Unbelievable. Um, so when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, what happened with Mr. Carney, and also pre- President Biden appointed a Muslim judge. Believe it or not, the Islamists. They said, according to Slate magazine, Muslims are not happy. Well, what's going on? Why didn't he fit the mold? And it sort of shows you that it's not diversity of faith, but rather it has to be an Islamist, and much to the same line we've been talking about in the last hour. This is Udi Jasser filling in for Seth Leibson on The Seth Leibson Show. We'll be right back. Dr. Zudi Jasser here, filling in for Seth Leapson on the Seth Leapson Show. And one of my favorite people on the planet, uh, Ezra Nomani, has joined us. Oh, and, that uh, is amazing. <laughs> wow. It's true. i got to, like, tattoo that on my forehead. <laughs> Be careful. Amazing. You'll become a target. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a target. I know. I'll just make it even bigger, right? That's all. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, sure. I tell you, and it's true. Like, we've been through it, right, over these these years, and um, and uh, I mean um, the the fights we've fought, and the thing is, what you guys 
uh, all of you who know Dr. Josser well, but he's he's such a um, human being of grace. You know, just all the times that we've been at and in these battles, like you're always um, you're always stand up guy, and that like, that means a lot to me because boy, we've we've been through a lot, right? Amen. Thank you. Yes, yeah. and you know, in this month of Ramadan, a time of of uh, reflection and atonement, uh, uh, we we have to reach out to the people that have stood by us and stood with us. And yeah. thank you for being there. Oh um, yeah. And you know, I have to say, I, I this this judge was not on my radar. Oh my um, god! And then and then now all of a sudden I think I like him, and it's not that oh I know any of, it's not that I know any of his opinions, but all I know is that Slate magazine quoted Islamist leaders who saying that they hate him, so he must be oh. a, he must have something good about him, and oh and, yeah, uh, so Slate, and no, like I just I just literally did this, um, I just I didn't even know about him either, and then during the break I went and read up on him, and I can tell, I mean as a journalist I can just tell you I I literally counted the number of unnamed sources. That it's not just Slate that wrote it. It's Ayman Ismail, who you know fancies himself like the um, voice of Muslims because you know he's like the one regular Muslim writer at, at Slate. And all it is, it's a press release for Care. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, the unnamed sources. Literally, it says here. So the the judge is a guy by the name of Zahid Khureshi. Yeah, who had the crime of uh, like you of of uh serving our country in the military, right? And and that's that's becomes a, a target on his back according to the the unnamed sources here and the one care official that we know well, Zara Belu, who is you know, just again to connect all the dots, you guys, she's the, she's in there in the trenches with the leftists in California bringing this critical race theory to the classroom. And then on the other front She's trying to, you know, make hit, take hits on this judicial nominee because he served uh, the American military um, during the Iraq War, and he served with the Border Patrol and yeah. uh, um, other other legal uh, expertise areas of expertise within the government. And basically, they said, "I believe it's the wrong guy." An unnamed source, Muslim of, elected <laughs> official, said, "Why?" Because ask any African American how happy they are about Clarence Thomas. <laughs> It's a very similar perspective at a bunch of levels. Um, no, it's not. This yeah. Clarence Thomas is a conservative. This guy, I guarantee you, is not a conservative. There's no way this progressive, yeah, no, far-left Biden administration is going to appoint a conservative to a federal right. judge a, a position. No, no. no, the point that they're trying to make is that there's a monolithic view in the black community about a Clarence Thomas, which, which is not true. And then they're trying to say that it's like all blacks rejected Clarence Thomas and like all Muslims reject this guy. And, and that's not true. They're just, they're doing the whole collectivist thing to, in order to smear people. And, um, this, this is the line I really liked. Um, several lawyers and advocates with who I spoke to said the nomination process excluded Muslim organizations committed to civil rights. Dot, 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 including the Council on American Islamic Relations. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like, give me a break. This is a press release written by CARE because they didn't get their short list of nominees to the top of the line. Oh, and never mind that we tried to get the attention of our Secretary of State here because she helped fundraise for the Council on American Islamic Relations recently, yeah. a few weeks ago, for an iftar dinner. And we said, oh, by the way, why is it Me Too except for Muslims? Because right. the group you just raised money for 
had an individual, an executive director in Florida that is yeah. is under significant scrutiny from a number of women who've who've reported uh, uh, being harassed uh, uh, with possibility of polygamy from this gentleman. He had to retire. He had to resign from care. And by the yeah. way, their other chapter in Florida had an individual leading it that ended up being indicted under polygamy. I'm sorry, not polygamy, but pedophilia. I mean, it's just on and on. Yeah. You have this organization with roots from Hamas that basically has never been clear on terrorism, that now is driving and trying to take control of federal appointments and spreads itself into every issue from Black Lives Matter and race theory and everything else. Yeah, and then and then to connect the dots for everyone, that is the group that funded the campaigns of the Virginia Secretary of Education that's now trying to you know, destroy our number one high school in America, destroy math in the state of Virginia. So I know it's, uh, and everybody I'm sure can hear, like the passion in our voices, because it's such a real fight. You, and, and I hope everybody can hear that, like how much we are, we're motivated by love of, like it is really love of this country and everything that we were able to advance for our families and the the rights that we enjoy, right, Zudi, you and me, yeah. as Muslims in this country, that we could never, we could never express in our, uh, you know, most Muslim majority countries. And so, I hope everybody can connect the dots with us on this because it all connects. And then, what's going to happen is these judges that the you know the, the far left and the Muslim organizations want to put in are actually going to be the judges that they want to have here at the court cases, right, that we are going to be bringing to court so that they can continue to this assault on America. And and so that's why it's so important on all fronts that we be engaged and we really fight. I hope that I hope that helps to like connect it all together for everyone. And and to expand it, it's not just our issue within Muslim communities within oh, education no. communities. I mean, look what happened to Senator Tim Scott this week. All oh, of a yeah. sudden, Uncle Tim was trending mm-hmm. after he gave what was a, what was a, a an unbelievable yeah. response to the president's address. And all he did was talk about how wonderful, how much he loved America. And because he said America is not a racist nation, he's yeah. being he's being pilloried by the left in a way that is bigoted and and un-American. And yeah, I have to tell you, so people should see this and say, wow, the, the, these two Muslims on the air right now are not just talking about Muslim issues. This technique is being used for every yeah. against every American in the Everyone. entire population. Because Zudi, Zudi has been an un- called an Uncle Tom for the same reason. You researched that Facebook page, remember? Yes, exactly. Zudi Jasser is a clown. <laughs> Facebook page, exactly. And I, I And I am unmasking them. I want everybody to know that... You just stay tuned over the next year. Hold and on, I'm going to tell you. Can you stay with me one okay. last segment? Yeah, we'll be yeah, right back for the last okay. last break. This is Zudi Jasser filling in for Seth Leapson on the Seth Leapson Show. It's always great to be with all of you, and we are just uh, honored to be joined by Ezra Namani, a former Wall Street Journal reporter, VP of Strategy Investigations at Parents Defending Education. In this last segment. Um, we were just talking about what Senator Tim Scott uh, had to withstand this week simply because he represented the alternative, the conservative opinion after President Biden's speech. And, you know, Andrew Breitbart said, I, I think, had one of the best quotes in the past. He said, uh, culture is always 
upstream of politics. Politics is downstream of culture. And uh, I think this is where we're losing the war on a lot of these issues, is that we don't really have a cultural strategy. Uh, yet the left, the progressivists, the Islamists are constantly, whether it's judiciary, education, uh, media, um, the, the the social media, if you will, and everywhere, they are constantly drilling into kids and, and universities into their head that America's the problem, uh, we are the problem, the West is the problem, and it's never about real issues. Ezra, in the last few minutes, tell us what we should be doing different and where do we go from here? What do we expect next from you? Well, I want you all to know that, you know, it's so important to be unapologetic, to borrow the term of our favorite person, Linda Sarsour, right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh. she, she's a Palestinian-American activist, if folks don't know it, whose claim to fame is, you know, hijacking the Women's March for yeah. her... Yeah, for her uh, anti-Semitic, anti-Israel cause. Um, so Linda Sarsour, you know, she famously says, I'm unapologetically Muslim, just like hurls that at people. Well, you know what? Use their language against them and be unapologetically American, you know? Stand up strong at your school board meetings and your city council meetings. I mean, Zuda, you always take it local. You know, you're fighting the global fight, but you're always fighting the local fight. You you stand up in your mosque, I know that. You go to your, your local city officials, and that's, that's what we all have to do because courage is contagious, you guys. You know, people will hear you, see you, and be inspired by you around you, you know, in your neighborhood. And so, you know, on the... On the K through 12 front, please send us your reports at, at, at defendinged.org. Tell us what's going on, and we'll help you. We'll guide you through public record requests, uh, through writing your speeches to your school board, whatever you need to do, penning letters to your principal. I call them our hopping mad letters, where we just tell them that you're hopping mad about whatever they're doing. Um, one of that's exactly what one mom told her our principal. So fight back, you guys, with with moral courage and and be unapologetic in your belief in the American dream. That's awesome, and thank you so much for all that you do, Ezra. Uh, find us; uh, we've done webinars together uh, on uh, online at uh, MuslimReformMovement.org, and uh, also at our organization AIFDemocracy.org. You'll see some of the webinars uh, uh, catalog there. We've talked about uh, dispelling the myths of dogs. Uh, in the Muslim community and how much we should embrace angels on earth, as you call them. Uh, yeah. We have uh, uh, talked about uh, um, uh, abandoning uh, a lot of the uh, um, hate and, and uh, inability to tolerate uh, diversity. So thank you. God bless you, Ezra. And we'll oh, see you on the other you, side. Judy. Take care. All right. Keep fighting the fight. All right. Bye-bye. We'll be right back.